Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about the energy industry from Alpha Energy Group. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alpha Energy Group podcast. I'm Jeremy Nicholson, Corporate Affairs Officer at Alpha, and I'm joined by my colleague uh, Jason Durden, Head of Energy Markets and Risk Management, to talk about what's been going on in the energy markets at the moment. Jason, extraordinary times. Are we seeing a rally in the energy markets as we've seen in, in the broader economy, at least as if the market signals are to be believed? Thank you, Jeremy. Yeah, very much so. Uh, last week has been typically, um, should we say, quite exuberant in terms of uh, a rally. And I think there are a number of things going on there, not least, uh, as you quite rightly said, the, the macro picture. We have a scenario now where we are seeing all-time highs on American stock markets, not just return to pre-COVID levels, but all-time highs on the NASDAQ. And um, I think, you know, Given where we are, that kind of really makes one question exactly what's going on. And I think the the answer has to be fundamentally there is an enormous amount of uh, monetary stimulus being pumped into markets. And, uh, you know, that is being seen as um, really driving some of the uh, sort of excesses of some of these rallies. You know, at the same time, the data is suggesting we're approaching a recession, the likes of which we probably haven't seen, not just for 10 years, but probably for 70 plus years, 80, 90 years. So uh, making sense of all that in energy, I mean, energy is not immune, but um, there are a number of reasons why uh, that's going on and sort of a a number of factors that have collided over the last week or 10 days to create a little bit of a storm, really. Well, storm seems a good way of describing it and how things change from a fortnight ago when pessimism seemed to be uh, in in the air and perhaps we've got a a swing in, in an equal and opposite direction at the moment and who knows where it might move next. But presumably this has had an effect on the carbon market as well, which is a strange hybrid. I mean, it's partly a market and it's partly politically driven. What's been happening there? Carbon uh, seems to be very much under two pressures, really. A lot of the big players in carbon are large financial houses and funds. And they really, you can see the parallels between the carbon market movement and, uh, you know, the more general sort of investment financial asset classes. So it's no surprise that carbon has really been pushed up to the bottom of its sort of pre-COVID trading range. I mean, it's certainly off because uh, we've seen most of the major houses all uh, revise down their forecasts for carbon. But we are also in the summer. And I think you can't ignore the fact that although there are a few more primary auctions due uh, in the next week or so, there are sporadic primary auction activity at this time of year which means there's more reliance on the secondary market, and that can obviously play into bigger exaggerations of movements. So we're now seeing the carbon really testing its 200-day moving average. As I say, it's really moved up with really most other asset classes, not just um, equities, but oil as well. And it's really sort of testing the the bottom of uh, where it was trading before COVID really became an issue in, in Europe or certainly in the United States. I say there seems to be some technical resistance around that 200-day moving average, uh, and we're seeing the market 
pull back a little. And of course, that really does set the stall out for European power markets uh, price direction, and especially in the UK. So we've been seeing some fairly substantial rallies uh, in these markets as well, approaching sort of 8 and 10% on a rather illiquid curve, it must be said. I think we talked briefly last week about stymied liquidity on uh, in power markets. So carbon really testing technicals, really not overly connected to the fundamentals of power demand and recession at the moment, uh, and more driven along with sort of financial asset class uh, optimism, should we say. Well, that's interesting. Of course, the sort of slightly strange feature of the carbon market, it's heavily dependent on political action, uh, you know, use or otherwise of the market stability reserve to maintain prices if they're felt to be too low, uh, and indeed the possibility of, of intervention to cap them if the opposite's the case. And it's a great dilemma for the European market and the, and the UK one if one develops after the transition period, as the government proposes. You know, on the one hand, the government wants to incentivise low carbon energy, uh, so a high price is good. On the other hand, it wants to stimulate the economy and contain the impact on industry. Which way do you go? Um, I'm not sure if you have a, a view what's going to happen either way on that one. It, just sticking with the EUA for the moment, and uh, certainly the market stability reserve and the withdrawal of additional credits is obviously supporting the market. The political noises that are coming out of uh, governments regarding green deals and ambitious green recoveries out of recession is also giving a basis to the bulls in the market that think, you know, well, contrary to a pure market where you've got, you know, falling demand and too much supply, you know, this is going to be gerrymandered to suit the, uh, the the government's position on green energy issues. Of course, for the UK, we have the 21 proposal for the UK ETS, which has a floor of around £15, I think, from the uh, or suggested floor of £15 from the document that was published uh, earlier this month by uh, the UK government. And also, interestingly, not ruling out the fact that this may be taken to a tax within the next parliament. Uh, and that really would be quite interesting because I think, um, you know, there's been a lot of conversations being had at, uh, for the big end users and, um, you know, some EUA participants that actually are generating carbon through processes that think that the market, it's not helpful because it, um, it, it is so opaque um, and political in its nature and that uh, actually a tax would be um, a bit of a, a, a a leveller, if you like. We'll see which way it goes. In my experience, governments t- tend to like adding complexity rather than removing it. But uh, <laughs> but we're, but we'll see. And, and, and lastly, uh, thinking about the fundamentals for UK gas and power. I mean, uh, one of the factors that's been driving the uh, the carbon market in one direction against the rally in another is a you know lack of use of coal and so on. Not just in the UK but elsewhere. We've seen record levels of renewable output co- coinciding with um, suppressed demand and uh, coal and other fossil fuels. Um, taken off the system um, as a result. What's your view of the fundamentals and what that's doing to the market prices at the moment? Okay, well, we we saw, as we got to the end of May, we saw uh, markets testing new lows for uh, short-term power and gas uh, in, the, in the UK and uh, most European markets. I think as we've got into new scheduled deliveries, there has been a little bit of a, um, there's slightly less LNG available through June although that's modestly lower in terms of 
you know, uh, leaving the market short. Um, we've also seen a significant change in the very warm temperatures that were being seen. And we have seen a return to quite a lot of LDZ load in the UK uh, on the system. We're looking at um, over the last four or five days, we've been running a 15% uh, above seasonal normal demand on the UK gas, which really has kind of, as I say, these things have collided to uh, really give the bull some impetus. And, um, you know, we've seen short term prices last Friday really push up high um, relative to where they've been. I mean, these are still very cheap prices. But ultimately, we're seeing that beginning to unwind now as, you know, technical indicators are beginning to suggest that uh, this has been overdone. The wider complex with oil, which, of course, we're expecting to see that demand uh, return. And we've seen OPEC continue to uh, remove supply for an additional month on top of the uh, June that uh, they agreed. Signs there already, though, that uh, perhaps prices now at $40 a barrel um, are, are coming back into play. Saudi, having uh, agreed with Russia over the weekend to extend uh, the OPEC uh, plus cuts into July, uh, have now come out with a statement last night um, saying that um, they would not be overcompensating um, as they had been in May and June, and that in July they would just agree to their cuts that they had done. So I think we're getting to that point where it's all bets are off because there's, you know, prices aren't sort of sub $20 a barrel and there is some sort of workable normality returning to a market. I think uh, some physical uh, supply issues are worried about whether um, they can continue to pump crude into a market where we're seeing crude being drawn down, but we're seeing bigger stockpiles of gasoline and petroleum uh, in the US uh, at the moment. So I suspect, you know, this is um, markets leading as they always do, Jeremy, and I think they've probably got a little bit ahead of themselves at this moment in time. Uh, real world demand is um, is not up to where the market is forecasting. Uh, it will be just yet. And I think that may take some time to actually come back. Well, thanks, Jason. It's an intriguing uh, thought there that, you know, we, we've got corrections on top of the corrections and and, and, a, and a swing in, in, in sentiment. And uh, I guess perhaps the extraordinary uh, events we've seen in the last couple of months may be the new normal for a period of time. Let's see. Volatility, I suspect, here with us for a, for a considerable period of time. Well, if you'd like to find out more, please have a look at our reports. Uh, visit our website or alphaenergygroup.com forward slash UK. And uh, we hope you join us again for a podcast soon.